It's Wednesday, December 30th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley, who couldn't join us today for our final episode of the year. Good morning to you, Russ. How you doing today? 2020, get out of here. Get We're done. out. We don't want it anymore. And, I'm over you it. know. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I saw a thing about that. You know, 2020 coming to the end, uh, and uh, it's it's really unfortunate that next year we're going to have to say 2021 because it feels like defeat. Uh, what? 2021. Oh, Russ didn't win. I Tyler get didn't it. Win. I get it. 21. Yeah, oh, that no, is I, incredibly I got a, disappointing. I got a good out of that. It is right, and we're gonna say it all year. We're we going are, to, I'm we're not going gonna to give it credit all year. There you go. We one just time. don't have to say it. I'm nope. going to post date all my checks. I'm too. just going to say 21. Who That's all I'm going to say. 21. What are you talking about? Um, can, can I ask you a qu- question real quick? Can I what say What is going no? on in your background right there? Is that Teddy Roosevelt with a uh, machine gun or yep, that's a, LMG uh, fighting Chewbacca? It, it, I believe that is supposed to be Bigfoot. Um, but yes, yes, the answer is yes. Teddy Roosevelt smoking a cigar in a three-piece suit, it appears, with a radiation sign belt buckle carrying a fully automatic chain-fed rifle uh, firing shots. I think at we call a that a light machine. Giant, in, it, you probably are correct. Uh, at, a, at a giant Bigfoot, I believe, in a forest that is burning and he is proudly carrying an american flag in the other hand that is one of the most american backgrounds i think you could possibly have so i respect it uh i'm with it uh and so speaking of history since there is a lot of history there and and i would actually argue that that's probably very accurate history that you're just very accurate right now we have a a couple things on this day in history i we were going to record earlier in the week, uh, but it didn't work out. We, we were not able to. And so I actually wanted to bring up something from December 28th when ah. we were going to record because I thought it was awesome. And it is on December 28th, 1895, the first public projected movie screening happened. Cool. Was it a silent film? Uh, it says the world's first projected movie screening takes place at the Salon Indian at the Grand Cafe in Paris, France. The makeshift theater uses cinematography created by the, I'm just going to say the Lumiere brothers. It's, uh, it's a French name, difficult to pronounce. Uh, one of the earliest motion p- picture projects in history. 33 people attended it. Uh, it doesn't say anything about it being silent, but I'm, I'm willing to bet it probably was. I don't know. I don't know my uh, movie history and when, you know, colorization and that sort of stuff broke in or uh, audio. So I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I think so public. too, but uh, it's just pretty cool uh, that it, it happened. Cool. I also, uh, I don't know that I've ever even given it any thought, but it's kind of cool to know the first motion picture happened in Paris, Paris. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, I don't know why. There's no particular reason. Uh, I just, I guess I didn't think that they were big into projection or were, were projectors invented in Paris? Is it? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe? I got a lot of questions. I don't have a lot of answers here. Well, I can't give you answers. All I can do is read what's in front of me. And I got another one in front of me <gasps> and it's from today. Uh, and that is AT&T takes over Bell Systems, <laughs> December 30th, 1899. I think Wait, really? Wrong. 
I think that date is very wrong. Yeah, so I, I saw the date, and it, it sort of that's what actually piqued my interest the most. I mean, the news is interesting, but I, I, could, I mean, maybe they're right. I think they mean 1989, but that sounds could be wrong. It, maybe it is 1899. That's just, that's just what it, says. it seems pretty early. Was that when, uh, when, when did, when did the moniker Ma Bell become popular? Do you know? Is, is that like, is that it right there? When, I don't know. Uh, it seems like an 80s thing to me, but I really, really don't know. I'm trying to look. So I'm actually curious. When was AT&T founded? Let's, let's just answer that question real quick. Oh, okay. So at and was founded in 1983. <laughs> so I'm guessing that our assumption hey, of that date being wrong is accurate. Probably. Is, I was uh, also founded in 18, 1983. Yeah, not so it definitely was not 1899 uh, that 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 happened. So mm. just worth. Well, I'm out. disappointed. I'm disappointed <laughs> as well. Uh, that that was actually the most interesting thing. The rest of it, um, eventually, AT and T would become a legalized monopoly in the United States. Is the is the closing statement? So it's a strong way to close out there. And, yeah, uh, and that's hilarious and terrible. So I have one more thing, and it's not necessarily tech related, and it's it's also going to be somewhat of a tease. So uh, we. Uh, recently, and, and I got to join in for like the last 15 minutes of it, but there was a group watch party for <gasps> war games. Yes. Yes, there was. Yes. And I participated the whole and time. We haven't gotten to get Bewley's true reaction. And since he's not here today, we will save that for 21 because I'm not going to say You're not going to say it. Name. You're not going to say it. That's good. That's uh, good. That's, yeah. Everyone should get in that habit. 2020 did not win. And in, on top of that, we got a, an article shared with us from Kieran around actual war games, which we're also going to save. Although I will say the article is incredible. Yeah. I started to is, read that. It's really Both good. of those are related to today, which would have made today a perfect day. Ah, because Joanna, if you're listening <laughs> on this you know, day, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and it looks like it was in around, I guess, 1917 is when this happened. The USSR was established. <gasps> no kidding. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. The, yeah. the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics uh, was established, uh, compromising a confederation of Russia, uh, Belarus, Ukraine, and the wow Trans-Caucasian Federation, divided in 1936 into Georgian. Azerbaijan and Azerbaijan. Armenian republics. I don't know. There's a lot of difficult words to say in there, but I think I made it through it. So, yeah, that was interesting. I thought the timing would have been incredible, but I really want to get Bewley's reaction to it. So that's going to yeah. be a little easier for. We'll have to save do. it. I have a splinter that is suddenly bothering me very much. Oh, that's disappointing. I have any uh, right here. Out of curiosity, is the splinter going to prevent you from uh, picking out a tech news headline to start with, or would you like me to start while you deal with the splinter? Uh, nope. I'm going to ignore the splinter. Um, but I didn't, I didn't actually have one, uh, specific tech news to start with. I, I thought it would actually be fun to share some of the tech breakfast podcast stats, which feels a little weird without Aaron. Cause Aaron's always sharing the stats with the big stats guy, private Aaron channels. Bealy. He loves it. But, uh, but I, I did think it was pretty cool and it seems like a good time to just sort of highlight it. It being our final episode of the year 2020, um, we started Tech Breakfast Podcast this year, uh, and we, we recorded a lot of shows. We have 94 <laughs> episodes in 2020. 
Uh, and we started in April, so we have been somewhat prolific in content production. Yeah, fun, and it, it has been very enjoyable. There have been over, according to Anchor, and I don't know if I trust their stats completely, but there have been over fourteen thousand three hundred and six unique plays, and our estimated audience size changes a lot. But if I remember correctly, it was at peak over around two hundred and fifty unique listeners. So. Thank you. Yeah, if Anchor is incredible. estimating that accurately, uh, that's awesome. Um, and uh, actually, Spotify specifically fires off a uh, like a re- review, um, and it's a very short review for podcasts. And I, I don't know if it's always that short, but 35 different countries are represented by podcast listeners or uh, Spotify listeners. And I think um, Anchor actually lists out a bunch as well but anchor anchor is really weird with stats and it it has a lot of information but it's organized as if done by cran and a (laughs) three-year-old sorry and so it doesn't like tell me how many countries stuff like that but there are some pretty cool ones in the list or or just they're all cool who am i saying all of the countries anyways so spotify says 35 unique countries uh are, are identified and um According to Spotify, we recorded 3,523 minutes of podcast this year. That's a lot of minutes. 3,000 minutes? 3,523. That's a lot of minutes. We talk a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that. uh, So (laughs) you want to take a guess to to the hour count? No. Them, what, <laughs> okay. Uh it's really close. Yeah. 58.72. Yeah. Solid. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So uh dang. Over two dang. days. Over two days of uh of podcast recording, which I can tell you this right now. If you were to tell someone you played a video game for two full days <laughs> in 2020, they would make fun of you, but it's all good whenever it's <laughs> podcasting. That does that definitely doesn't uh, take close to home. That's awesome. That is awesome. Anyways, those stats, those stats are fun. Um, yeah, we have a ton. It, this is cool. In Anchor, you can actually see all of those countries, right? It just doesn't give you the count. Uh, yeah. But Croatia, apparently. Love had Croatia. Croatia, Chile, Vietnam. Well, this year. is in reverse order of popularity, by the way. Uh, Bulgaria, Egypt, Kuwait, Czechia. I'm actually not familiar with Czechia. And their image of the flag is broken in... Uh, in anchor that's disappointing what is czechia this is not a question I'm familiar with the czech answer. republic i okay well i apologize if, if our czechia listener is listening and they're offended that i don't know what czechia is but maybe uh, we'll go there next year we'll do a we'll do a on location i'm not going to pretend like i pay attention to every geopolitical change of like countries and stuff like that but i don't recall the czechia thing happening Colombia, Indonesia, Serbia, Iran, Romania, Malaysia, South Korea, Hong Kong, Latvia, Malta, Isle of Man, New Zealand, Puerto Rico, fin- Puerto Rico is its own country, according to Anchor. Puerto Rico. Uh, the Philippines, Iceland, Portugal, Slovakia, Sweden, Italy, Belgium, Ukraine, Japan, Israel, Brazil, Russia, Panama, the United Arab Emirates, Taiwan, Poland, Austria, Singapore, Switzerland, France, South Africa, India, Netherlands, Spain, Denmark, Costa Rica, Mexico, Norway, Canada, Australia, Germany, Ireland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Wow. 
That, that is insane. Uh, well, thank you to all of those yes. uh, listeners, everyone who's all around the world listening to us. Uh, in my mind, that's just like Kieran traveling to different places around the world and listening to us in those spots. <laughs> or Curtis Bunker going around and VPNing all over the place and showing crazy cool stats for us. Making us look good. But it's pretty cool, man. Uh, 250 unique uh you know, people in the audience pretty consistently and, and it growing and being pretty worldwide, which is awesome. And they listen for those sweet, delicious tech news headlines. Bring and it. I got one for you. This is going to be, I, I, in my mind, you've been following this. So if you haven't, uh, I guess you failed me. XRP. Yes. You've seen what's That's, been going on? Yeah. The, um, the SEC is actually going after them. And in what I, I actually did not read in great deal what it was, um, but it, it looked like, and this is strictly from headlines, like they were they were being basically attacked for effectively like an illegal IPO was the way that they were, the way that it was worded or the one that I saw. Yeah, that, the, uh, it seems like there's some issue with the way they're treating XRP. Uh, either well, as who's treaty or not. Right. Uh, and, and that's what, so oh, maybe that was, so I said IPO, but it's along those lines. XRP, if, if it is a shared ownership of this entity, then I believe they have to go through the same process you would for an IPO, right? Like you're issuing shares and, and it's governed completely differently. The uh, If XRP is treated that way, which it sounds like, they they were treating it that way or they were trying to have it treated that way then it is not going to be identified the same way financially at least in the united states as um other similar assets so other coins in this case um, yeah the specific filing says uh the charges uh charges ripple and two executives specifically within ripple uh, with conducting 1.3 billion dollars of unregistered securities offerings, there you so go. it's it's interesting. And I and I've only I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's sort of floated out there. It's hard to sort all of it out, but basically, it's uh, you know the two executives who've came out and they've commented a bit. have basically said that it feels like the SEC is trying to pick winners and losers in the uh, the old sort of in the crypto space yeah. and that uh you know not a good look so i don't know i i do have some and uh and i didn't offload it uh i i'm keeping it you know i i don't know what's going to happen I, I may end up losing all of it uh, it's it's nothing crazy i was gonna say it's not a good look I, and i'm in the same boat i i have some uh xrp i've had it quote for quite a while actually um it is unfortunate that it is so i don't know embroiled in this and i did see some it, unfortunately i think it also carries it it carries enough weight because Ripple has been in the cryptocurrency ecosystem. It's it's a headliner for sure. Um, I think it's dragging altcoins down in general, which just leads to more dominance from Bitcoin, which I I don't necessarily think is the right thing. Um, it doesn't look like any boat anchoring that it may have done. Uh, was dramatic though, because you still see obviously some of the bigger ones, Ethereum, Litecoin, stuff like that, are yep. just fine, um, as well <laughs> yes, as Bitcoin Cash and what like Bitcoin SV. Like, they, I mean, there's there's a lot. If you're not constantly following that industry and really digging into what those technologies are used for, could be used for, how they are used, um, 
it's one, it's very interesting, highly recommend kind of going into it and understanding why Ripple is something other than Litecoin, other than Ethereum, other than something like yeah. Nano. Or, why are those a currency yeah. in the security? Which is basically and how are they different, right? To, right? Is it's the SEC basically says this is security, and then Ripple says that it is it is a currency, and so it's that whole definition. Uh, that that's going to be the argument here. That's what we're going to see unfold: is currency versus security. Uh, why or why not? And it probably will have very far-reaching effects. Yeah, uh, that that suits. Gonna gonna stir some stuff up. Um, and it's uh, it, yeah, I I don't know, I don't understand enough about uh, what forex, right? So that tends to be where you do um currency trading, but mm-hmm. forex has its own set of rules. If cryptocurrencies become currency instead of asset securities then what happens to those uh, marketplaces, as an example? And yeah. how, how difficult of a transaction is that going, or transition is that going to be for the, the community at large? I think that could be pretty messy, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Yeah, so it's interesting because the SEC has actually had some of these cases before, and I'm actually not familiar with them, uh, two actually, yeah. which oh, they really? won called Block.1 and just says kick k i k in the kick. past saying that the initial coin offering these startups offered were actually securities those cases however were different from this uh they did their icos so initial coin offerings i'm pretty sure is what they mean by that after the sec directive in 2017 whereas mm-hmm. xrp came into existence years before that directive so it's an interesting thing because it looks as though this was actually somewhat expected. In fact, I want to get this author's name correctly. Uh, Elizabeth Lapato or Lapato at The Verge wrote a, a piece on this that says uh, it's basically going over the currency versus security aspect and said the lawsuit did not come as a surprise. Uh, Garlinghouse announced yesterday, and I don't actually know who Garlinghouse is, I don't uh, that the company expected the suit. And Ripple has already published its Wells response, a document that explains to the SEC that its actions were legal. So it was like prepared for this to happen. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's, it says an important part of selling whether or settling whether XRP is a currency or security may involve something called the Howey test. Not something I'm familiar with. If someone is, if you want to come on, let's talk about it. Which was created by a 1946 Supreme Court case, which is just, seems crazy to me that something in 1946 would have been the thing that would potentially affect cryptocurrencies. (laughs) That ruling defined a security as an investment of money in a shared enterprise with an expectation of profits from others' work. So that's the, the official definition of a security as defined by that particular case. According to Ripple, XRP doesn't satisfy the Howey test for a variety of reasons, but especially because no one bought XRP with the expectation of getting Ripple's profits. Interesting. It, I mean, face value, I'm not a lawyer. It, it, it seems, I see it in, from two different ways. It's like, I understand why they're saying that because it's sure. not Ripple's profits. We, yeah. I think the people, you, myself and you included, bought it with the expectation that just the value of what we purchased would go up. And right, like we a would bar of gold. 
Exactly, a hundred percent. The as an asset, basically, it's, it's a store of value, which is a hundred percent. So is the argument right? Is this is this a currency? Is it meant to be spent, or is it just meant to sit in a corner and get dusty and grow in value? Right. So I I think that from that perspective, they they have a pretty strong argument they're working against. But then again, this is one paragraph in one article at the very early stage yeah. of this. So. But it's interesting too, because that is very fundamental to the cryptocurrency space in general, though. If if they win that argument, uh, arguably Bitcoin is in the exact same bucket. Right? That's 100%. That was exactly what I was thinking. And it looks like the SEC actually preemptively challenges their response. It says the SEC's complaint challenges that. So their previous response. Sure. In 2016... Ripple admitted to the New York State Department of Financial Services that buyers were purchasing XRP for speculative purposes. It also cites a hedge fund investor who owned XRP, saying in 2015 that the increase in XRP value is heavily dependent on the success of Ripple. So that's the... uh, that is the explicit part there. I think that is potentially going to be the thing they'll lean on is if XRP's value is intrinsically tied to Ripple itself, uh, then then maybe that's the same thing as what the securities definition states. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I hope that we get a lot of details uh, around this thing on. Uh, unfolding over time. Yeah, me too. It's definitely a space that I'm interested in. Um, I'm I, still I, holding. Same. Same. <laughs> Diamond hands, right? No, um, I I enjoy watching it. Um, It was fun to get into it. I definitely don't track it as closely as I did, um, you know, over the last couple of years. Now it's very much just a curious, let's see where this all goes. Um, It would be really exciting if some of the altcoins that I have thousands of, which are worth dust, literally nothing, (laughs) um, would would go to the moon. But uh, other than that, it's more of a curiosity than anything else. I I mean, there's more to it than that. I I do think cryptocurrency is going to prove to be valuable long-term, useful long-term for certain things. But what's curious about it is the sheer volume of these fringe cryptocurrencies and oh yeah how because the the likeness between one coin and another there there are myriad differences between a bitcoin and something like an iota for instance that they don't function the same way at all and and they are not physical coins which i think still confuses a lot of people right it it very (laughs) much so confuses a very significant portion of people out there so it's uh it's it's neat. I still think it's wildly speculative, uh, which is why you see the price fluctuations. Um, even though it seems to be on quite the bull run right now, uh, I don't know that it's anchored in any reality that's particularly useful. So it's uh, it's like I said, highly speculative. Kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet my house on it. <laughs> I, know, like, I know, like some people have. <laughs> yes, and and good for them, but. I don't know. Uh, hard to high five gambling. <laughs> and that's all yeah, that was. Yeah. No, I, well, it, and it worked out, but it worked out for Lord. him. There's another guy who bet everything on uh, Litecoin and it has not yet worked out for him. So, yeah, especially if you made that bet in what, 2018, 2017, 2018, when it, was, when it was it. worth uh, a gajillion dollars. Pretty much. It was probably two times what it is today. Actually, I'm not sure. Litecoin is up quite a bit. Um, I think it was around 400 and then dropped to like 22 or 88 or something like that. So 
Yeah, so slowly going back up. Speaking of big money, I think you put another one in here um, that talks about big money. Ooh, are you talking about the way people have been spending? No, but now I'm curious. Oh, I was going to talk. That, so um, there, there was a report, a study was done, more than $100 billion was spent on app stores in 2020. Oh, well, then, yeah, that actually was the one I was billion dollars, yes. Yeah, $100 billion That's a lot. And it, it trounces uh, previous years. That's a tremendous amount of growth. In fact, I think it's better specified how much growth it was. It was a 34.5% growth. <laughs> that is year over year. That yeah. is that is On, on an already very large number. Yes, yes. So in 2019, the uh, the same spend on games and non-games, games being what roughly looking at that, it looks like four fifth uh, of the spend um, through app stores, right? It was 302.9 million collectively in 2019, is over 407 uh, collectively in 2020, um, and I what that must just oh that's oh that's just on Christmas. Holy cow. Yeah, that's just on Christmas. <laughs> I was this like, wait, is... these numbers don't add up to 100 billion. That that is that is a half a billion almost spent on Christmas alone. It's unbelievable the way wow. that that some of these numbers racked up, but you know, people uh people are at home and yeah. uh you know, a lot of people don't have you know, other things at home to just entertain us, people on their phones and their tablets, you know, pulling down. And that is incredible. Just it, what I do wonder. So this is app store. Okay. So this is specifically Apple and Google play. I believe so. They, it so may it's not including be- like everything. So like steam, for instance, is an app store. Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't um, look like it includes that. Yeah, I don't think it does. I think this is specifically talking like mobile type of app store, which is just the numbers are absolutely ludicrous. Four and a half percent of December's total spend was Christmas Day. Uh, So that's like, it's everybody getting new phones, new tablets. New phones. They're getting Google Play dollars or Apple Store dollars or whatever it might be. Well, but those those should have been recognized. I have no idea. I don't know how they recognize the spend, though. Yeah. Well, I would expect they recognize the revenue when they sell the gift card, but they may not. I would recognize think so too. This study may not recognize it as spent until it's used. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't actually state it. Um, that's crazy. Oh, interesting. There's a there's a comment down here that says Apple rakes in two x Google's revenue from App yeah, Store, yeah. despite the smaller install base. We've talked about that. I think it was seventy percent of was of App 2X. Store revenue is done via Apple, even though wow. they have uh, only like twenty or twenty five percent of the market share. <laughs> got the right time, market. So. They got the spendy side. Uh, they definitely got the spendy side. Um, I think some people would argue that their apps are higher quality. I think I would not argue that unless you're talking about the tablet market, in which case the iPad definitely has higher oh, yeah. quality apps than no, the for sure. Android tablets. But I still love my Tab S7. So uh, ain't yeah, worried my... about it. Uh, I, I saw another one interesting in here. What you got? Uh, well, we, you know, we've been talking pretty much all year and I'm pretty sure we'll continue to talk about it in 21. See what I did there again. I'm going to nail this. I'm going to make it the full year. Um, we talked about the big tech and, and all of the issues, the litigation they have going or the, at least the, the investigations into what they're doing, anti-competitive, yeah. antitrust, whatever it might be. Apparently Alibaba found themselves in a similar type of situation, but not with us, Ooh. but with our friends over at China. 
Really? Um, yeah. So I didn't see this one. What did you find and out? As you can imagine, our two countries behave very differently as it relates to, you know, the way we govern. I did see some of this. This is yeah. So Ma got himself in trouble. Yeah. So I mean, China orders. Alibaba founder Jack Ma to pare down fintech empire it is forcing it to break up. So it's not like, uh, yeah. I don't think it's going through the same process that we're going through. No, it's just like it. they looked at it and they're like, you need to break off uh, certain parts of this and move it over here. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see that there was just a, uh, uh, an immediate come yeah. down on Alibaba, which has been, you know, we don't obviously not a big aspect of anything we deal with culturally day in and day out. Sure. But as far as like companies go, it's like the Amazon of the absolutely. You know? No, it's massive. Um, I, and I do. I remember when this was first in headlines. When the 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 little tiff, if you want to call it that, sounds a lot more than a tiff, got started. But um, <laughs> uh, Ma Jack Ma was speaking out against strict regulations, and Oof. basically the day he did it, it wiped eight percent of Alibaba's share price because they knew it was going to be bad bad news for for Ma. And sure enough. The Chinese Communist Party came back hot and heavy and and told him to break stuff up. So uh, that's that's. I mean, it's fascinating, right? Their shares have lost a quarter of their value since October. Ooh. Now, now, what does that look like? Oh, and wow! So that actually knocked Jack Ma out of the wealthiest uh, person in China. It's now Pony Ma, no relation, um, <laughs> who is the chairman and chief executive officer of uh, Tencent. Oh, I, you know, that doesn't surprise me. They no, are a huh? gaming Goliath. Uh, in fact, wow. that $100 billion that was spent on, on your app stores, it may have all gone to them for all we <laughs> It's quite possible. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so an investigation was... into Alibaba Group Holdings over suspe- suspected monopolistic pra- practices. That was, the, that was the claim. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it says here, the party once again reminded all private entrepreneurs that no matter how rich and successful you are, it can pull the rug out from under your feet at any time. Rough. That's, uh, and, I, and I guess to some extent, the SEC plays those games in the United States. But I think to your point, the process is at least on the surface a little bit more transparent, you know, how we get to it. Not necessarily the answer, but the the steps that you have to go through. We can't right. just declare done. There's exactly and look this is outside looking in obviously oh, sure. you and yeah. i are not only are we yeah, not, I, I do not know this, we're not experts about, about you know the way china's political dealings sure. work but it does on the <laughs> outside look like so if you just looked at what our government seems to have a feeling towards big tech at the moment just the way they've sort of handled everything that's going on mm-hmm. they they are definitely going down the route of they want to do something if they were in china this would have already been done I think we would have had one episode over this in in 2020 because yeah. it would have just been done. They would have been like, done. okay, Facebook, you need to take whatever else it is you own. I think Instagram maybe, and like make that something else. So they would have, they would have already brought the hammer down. So I just thought it was very interesting how very related to something we're seeing going on, but just a fairly dramatic, different approach uh, to the whole thing. And I doubt that they just woke up one day and ended it. I'm sure there was more to it, but no, yeah. You know, sort of the way it looks so pretty yep. pretty interesting crazy stuff for a yeah it really very is. big company that's a big player in like the global space yeah 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 and uh i mean i don't think we're gonna stop hearing about alibaba or jack ma in the news no. he's definitely still big leagues uh but um, it is curious to see that unfolding 
It sure is. So uh, I have a non-tech thing uh, just Ooh. to put a punctuation uh, to the horrors of 2020, actually. Oh, uh, this this happened some need. time ago. Um, I, I forget the year already, but uh, I, I learned about the Lake Pinier, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, disaster. Um, I've not this, heard about it. I believe it happened in the 80s. I don't see a date, to be honest, um, in Louisiana. And uh, a group drilling for oil accidentally pierced the top of a salt mine. And as a result, over 70 acres were sucked into a sub-lake sinkhole. It swallowed billions of gallons of water. It swallowed an island, or again, 70 acres of the island. It swallowed barges. It swallowed one, I guess, mobile home as part of this. It continues to eat things to this day. When was it? What? When did it happen? I, I don't know. I can't see the date, but I think it happened in the eighties. Oh my gosh, that's insane! It it has just absolutely decimated. It is a giant salt mine, and it is just and apparently the uh, because it's a salt mine. Once the water got in there, it continues to uh, leach into the salt, and the salt leaches into the water. Right? Yeah. Which, Increases the size of the cavity, which is why it continues to suck oh my water and stuff in. Um, so I, I'm sure it's not going as fast, but it blew my freaking mind. Is this a also, doomsday level God. event? It's going to just suck us all in at some point in time. <laughs> no, but I, I'm assuming that that, that part of uh, Louisiana felt that way. God, Gosh. that's crazy. 11 barges. I'd never heard of it. I, I Neither had I. There's a video that shows some of the, you know, the... Uh, it sort of it shows how it happened, right? They basically just drilled through the top, and then it broke out and just whirlpool down an entire lake and and a quite a bit of land associated with it. Salt mines apparently are huge. So here, here's the question: <laughs> Is Russia going to make a, a documentary series about how we poorly handled the salt mine situation <laughs> since we took care of Chernobyl for them? Uh, seems <laughs> Which, like by the way, people died. Uh, I heard recently that the uh, the thing the cover they built a cover over Chernobyl. Uh, it was <laughs> finished in 2017, so obviously a very long running project yeah, for wow. them to be able to do that. I can imagine. I, I don't actually have a source for this. My wife and I were just talking about it, and she, she deals with uh, MRI, X-ray, CT. So radiology is is a part of her life. And she told me that she was working with one of her engineers, and they were discussing the series because we had watched it. And he was like, did you know that like that substance is breaking down or the, the container is breaking down, which is not something yeah. that he believes is possible from the radiation. He thinks it's just like potentially shoddy work. But Ooh. they spent $2 billion and 30 years Dang. building this thing, and it's already, like, breaking down, which isn't a good thing. That so. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If, if true, if true, it's bad. So just an yeah, that's that I'd heard. It's interesting uh, as well because I, I, I drove somewhere. I don't even know what I was listening to. It was probably NPR. Um, but I, I heard a little snippet about uh, – it, it was effectively a conversation around how developed countries can and should be funding uh, less developed countries um, to get ahead of some of the catastrophic impact of global climate change, in particular sure. on coastal areas. And 
in in the, what made what made me think of this uh, was the the two billion dollar number. Um, if I remember correctly from that little snippet that I heard, the Fiji was expecting something like two to five billion dollars worth of build up and relocation of coastal cities or wow. towns. I don't know how big they are, but um, what what I found very curious was they they quite literally don't have that money. Right, like Fiji right. cannot afford a two to five billion dollar project to build up these towns so that they could survive incoming, you know, higher waters or literally physically relocate them, which I understand would be a tremendous undertaking. Yeah, not not just from engineering, but obviously a lot of cost. And um, it's interesting to hear that Russia obviously was able to fund two billion for you know containment of Chernobyl. Uh, or, or uh, more, more like uh, whether it was to just, fund two well, yeah, yeah, maybe they didn't have a choice, right? <laughs> and I would imagine that, uh, like Japan, when they were um, dealing with the Fukushima reactor issues after their earthquake and, and subsequent tsunami, I, I can only imagine the dollars and cents that were spent on that. But it, it's just, it's curious because it sounds like a, a tremendous sum of money, but then you look at some of the, you know, the worldwide economic relief packages that have been passed. The United States obviously doing two very yeah. large and and two billion is like a drop in the ocean and i mean we built a five billion dollar football people. stadium in la so <laughs> there <laughs> like, you go there's your point of reference so you know someone just give fiji the money and right. let them get to a better spot is basically what it comes down to before i got out of the car i was pretty sure i went to home depot um uh they they actually said that it's much easier to fund things like um solar panels and other development, wind energy, stuff like that, than it is to fund stuff like building up the city or relocating it because the solar and basically anything energy related has finance financial output. Yeah. And so it's easier to get money in because you can capitalize that sort of stuff, I guess, versus just lifting a city or moving a city, which has no financial output. It is quite right. simply just necessary. I, um, I get it. That's, uh, that's I think a tough I've, spot to be in. Yeah, you you crossed the T pretty well right there, though. Uh, we we spent five hundred billion on a stadium because five, it has five financial billion. Five, five billion. billion. I thought you said five hundred. I was no, like, no. Oh, I if we spent five hundred billion on a stadium, <laughs> then that stadium better be like encompassing the entire country. Like I was, I, I was blown. I was blown yeah, away. Five five was, billion. It, it's funny. It's still because a lot the, of money. You know, when we built Jerry World in in Dallas, whatever it was ten. 12 years ago now at this point, I think it was 1.2 billion. Yeah. And that's, that's just nothing at this point. So I thought to myself, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, man, Jerry Jones must be really upset about just being outdone by so much. And then I read further down the article and it was like, this stadium would have never been built without the support from Jerry Jones. So like, of course, yet again, the most ridiculous stadium being built is backed by the Jones family. Just going yeah. big because it's the only Shocker. thing they know how to do. That's, that's hilarious. Like, it's very accurate. A too. football stadium in in LA because we know it's good for the league. And so Jerry is all about what's good for the Cowboys and good for the league. And what's good for the league is good for the Cowboys. So that's what he did. It's pretty nuts. Well, yep. Yep. Well, anything else that we've got <sighs> here? I mean, I see a couple things. We saw some dancing robots. I don't know if you saw ah, that. Yeah, There's, I saw that. 
that uh, that's always impressive. Boston Dynamics, they they of course had an end of year thing. And it is so fascinating to watch these, you know, bipedal robots doing what they do at finesse. Because I, I think we talked about it before, but you know, Honda, Hyundai, they they all have some humanoid robots they've been working on for a long time. Uh, I think Azimo is uh the Honda one that I remember from a long time ago. And they've done the like, choreographed some really, really neat stuff, but they're they're small. They've always they're they're small. They're like knee height robots. Yeah. And Boston Dynamics they're, they're are, not humanoids. They're huge, and and they are designed to carry stuff and do these acrobatics for a different end state than than what the you know some of the smaller um, humanoids like the Asimos. I think it's Asimo. Anyways, um, it's so neat to see that just dexterity, that level of dexterity yeah. in in that big of a machine. It's amazing. As so, it's funny. We just talked about Chernobyl, but as I was watching that that video, which was incredibly well done, by the way, like they just crushed it. So if you haven't seen it, just go go Google the Boston Dynamics robot dancing, and you'll find it. That's awesome. The I was thinking about Chernobyl um, because there was there were th- parts where they had to send in humans oh, yeah. yes. to do certain things because they actually physically could not send machines. Yep. Like they didn't have the technology at the time that could survive it. Like they even brought in like stuff that they had worked on to send to the moon to yep. try and move stuff around. And it was being crushed by the yep. radiation levels. And so they had to use humans to go in there and they did these like sprints. It was like, you can go out on the roof to move these, these big rocks off of it because we have to clear this debris. Otherwise it's going to continue to just flood the air with radiation. And what they did was they're like, okay, you can go out there, but you can only be there for 30 seconds at a time. So they would have a group and you can only do it once. So they had to use like thousands of people to send like 10 people at a time to go out there for 30 seconds to try and move as much as they could in that time frame, and then yeah. just get out. Yeah, if, and if, so it's just a crazy thing. They had. At least that's the way it was depicted listening. in the show. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I I would be curious to see how accurate that, but that show was awesome, and it was really cool, especially from my perspective with the the physics side of it. But they they do get into a lot of the the radiation impact. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious uh, from a, a Chernobyl reactor breakdown or meltdown mm-hmm. perspective. It, it's not it's not a surprise that they get into it, but it, it was neat to see them really talk about some of the the real you know, struggles that they had with that. Because we've talked before about um, the fact that when you send componentry up in satellites, the the amount of radiation that that componentry is going to see as a result of being outside of Earth's atmosphere changes how yeah. long they will last and quite simply how they will function in some cases. Well, you put them next to something like the, the core of a melted down reactor and the amount of radiation is probably thousands of times higher than what you see in space even. So it's not surprising that we, we were ill-prepared yeah. to shield that stuff. And keep in mind too, most of the time when we talk about shielding radiation in those situations, like it's certain materials are really good at blocking radiation because of how their internal lattices are laid out, right? Sure. And, and density too, just lead is dense. Lead ends up being fairly good. That's why they give you lead vests when you go to the dentist office and stuff like that, or get your wrist x-rayed, right? They don't want um, areas that are not meant to be getting the higher energy particles passed through. Some get absorbed. That's the issue. Um, they don't want that 
happening outside of that targeted area. So they get better. We've gotten a lot better at the beam focusing where it's supposed to focus, but then the stuff right. that, that bounces around, that's why they give you the lead vest. Well, the, the other, quote, easy way to do it is just lots of material. So you build really thick concrete walls, and by the time the radioactive source gets through all of it, the amount that makes it to the outside is a safe level. Well, good luck getting a human <laughs> in a 20-foot concrete block and then being able to do anything. So right. it's, a, it's a hell of a problem. Yeah, and, and I for people who haven't seen it, I won't give away some of the things, but there are like people in there who did unbelievable acts. And and I remember saying to my wife who who isn't like I said in, in the industry, and I said, Do you think that we have technology today that could have allowed certain people to survive certain circumstances within the show? Only to find out that these people did in some circumstances survive, survive. things that you did That's not incredible. think they would have been. It was just unbelievable the things that people were able to do. So it was just crazy. And the most fitting thing of this entire conversation is something that no one can see. And this is that your background has changed again. <laughs> and it is now Ronald Reagan riding a Raptor shooting an MP7 with an American flag in the background. It's a Velociraptor, <laughs> by the way. Not, oh, uh, not, a, not a Ford truck. It is a, uh, <laughs> yes. it, it is a bridled dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when you did it. And I don't know why I didn't notice immediately. But as we're sitting here talking about the 80s and Chernobyl and the USSR starting, I see Ronald Reagan with, by the way, a rocket launcher on his back. So whoever makes these things, it's gold. Oh, man. And I should, I should know the artist's name. Um, and I have forgotten it. I apologize. But I'm pretty sure I got this. these, these backgrounds ale from uh, like one of the first times I stumbled upon uh, DeviantArt, which is a really neat site, or at least used to be. I haven't been there in eons, uh, that, that shares content. It was like a social platform for sharing art. And um, there is an artist that takes... American presidents and puts them in absolutely absurd situations, but they're all like just epic, like watercolor, like art. And, and they're fun. There's another one with uh, Abe Lincoln holding uh, the, I think it's the, um, like the bill of rights, the U S bill of rights, if not the constitution, I forget which document he's holding up mm -hmm. also holding a, a gun and riding a bear. <laughs> it's it's awesome well uh, he is an incredible vampire slayer and if you haven't seen abe lincoln vampire slayer i, I recommend you do so actually it was not terrible even though it should have been that's um, awesome i haven't seen that it's it's I, an entertaining movie it just really is i don't i don't know why it is but i found it to be entertaining i don't know that it's necessarily a good film <laughs> that's awesome is that kennedy it is <laughs> on the moon riding a mechatronic like unicorn <laughs> <laughs> and he's smoking as well inside of his inside space suits this is incredible <laughs> oh man that's good uh, stuff and with that post a link. yeah i think it's time that we shut down this episode and we shut I down think, the year the uh i i can't thank everyone enough for the involvement this year. It's been incredible. All of the listening, more coming in 21. <laughs> I'm just sticking with it. Uh, it. As always, like, share, comment, review, you know, hit us up with feedback. We love seeing it. Uh, for those of you who support us in all the different ways that you do, thank you so much for everything that you do. Uh, and so glad to have this year over and ready to move on to the next one. So with that, Right. Have a good one. Have a great New Year's. Make good decisions, and we'll see you next time.
That's it, y'all. Tech Breakfast Podcast closing out for the rest of 2020. We'll see you in 21. Yes. Later.